Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Hi, everyone. This week, I'm joined on the Culture Bites podcast by Fiona Hogarth, so one of our Melbourne consultants up in Sydney for the day. Lovely. Nice to be here again, Tom. Fantastic. All right. Well, I've got a question for you. So before joining Human Synergistics and doing the consulting thing, you've had experience being on the other side of the fence, I suppose, which was an internally accredited practitioner inside big organizations doing development programs and stuff like that. So what I'd love to get your view on, Fiona, is, you know, like we and, and other consultants and so on get brought in to run like an LSI program, yep. say for a high potential group or something like that. So a development program. What have you found from an internal point of view is the best approach to getting the most out of those programs? How can you support them to be successful You know, once the consultant's gone? Yeah. How do you get the most value out of it? Yeah, that's a great question and an interesting challenge. And I guess it even, you know, if we start at the beginning, it's even before you get the consultant in. It's, you know, it's mm. part of that, you know, as we've said in previous podcasts, is about, you know, it's about the why, but it's about it comes to your design and your intent. And if we take a, you know, high potential or a leadership program, it's about, okay, well, we can get people in and, you know, get the consultants in to come and do the, run the program or run a whole heap of LSIs. But you know, why what are we hoping to get out of that? What, you know, from an organizational internally, what do we hope? Well, we want to improve our leadership ability. Great. What's the infrastructure that we can put in place to help support that? So it really uh-huh. speaks to that holistic framework that you set up first. And also then ensuring that you the consultant that you bring in is fit for purpose in some ways, in terms of, you know, there's a plethora of consultants. And I mean I even think about how many practitioners HS have, you know, and and having met them through our network and just, everyone's got a different style and different slant. So you've got to get that fit right because uh-huh. if you're starting with the LSI program, you know, how that gets started, even before the, you know, after the work's done and you're left holding, you know, all these people is about making sure that the messaging is correct and that you've got the right uh-huh. sort of structure and the right fit for your organization so that the consultant that you've got understands your organization understands some of the stuff. So giving the permission for the consultant when you're doing your scrutiny of what consultant you're going to use, that you give them access to the organization to a certain extent and answer their questions when they're curious about, well, how does this work or how does that work or that sort of stuff. So there is a, you know, in that relationship that you set up with them. And if I think about in my experience, you know, I think about where I've developed programs and used external consultants and where they've been most successful is when I think about it, is about the relationship that I have had with the, the consultant or the facilitator. Yeah. When that's really strong, then because you get this mutual understanding of what you're trying to achieve yeah. that hangs even after they've gone so that the program works. Whereas other times when you just get them in for one occasion or that sort of stuff and it's a bit more transactional, the impact isn't as strong. It's more transactional. Yeah, absolutely. So in that, because you're saying about, you know, they you're on the same page about mm. what you're trying to achieve. So I guess the first thing, is being clear on what you're trying to achieve with the development program. Because sometimes I think, you know, what can happen is we do a development program because that's just what you're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. But it's always more effective if, okay, what does the good look like? What are we really trying to get out of it? Which helps a consultant no end because, well, now I can, you know, really focus it on what what you really want rather than, you know, 
I don't know what I think's important. Absolutely, and it you know it also speaks to you know when you do your program, well, what's the problems that we're having in the in the business? Uh-huh. Okay, well, people aren't making decisions, or you know, or they they don't know how to give feedback, or that sort of stuff. Because you know, and, and the other the other element, and I know we were talking about this recently in our consultants meeting, but it's it's a bit about organisations spend a lot of time and money on development yep. and leadership development and LSI and those sorts of things. Well, where's the return on investment? So unless you're clear in the beginning about what I want to measure and how it's going to make a difference, then mm. it makes it very difficult to go, well, we invested, you know, $100,000 in that program. Where's the ROI on that? Yeah. And, you know, because it's behavioral, it is difficult to measure, but we can say, well, in the beginning, we wanted people to understand their behavior, we want to be able to help them make more effective decisions. I've now got a bunch of tools and I can actually see on the ground that this is what they're doing. Yeah. So that piece up front's really clear internally and then engaging your consultant to make sure that you've got that alignment around those sorts of things, you know, and that is critical even, you know, before they walk in the door and then once they've left, then you can make sure, you know, what's the bit, keep it going. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and those are the classic questions we would ask if someone called up because, you know, it's, 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 well, it's always more fun as a consultant working with a client who's clear about where they're trying to go and stuff because it makes you... Well, you know, because it's not fun just going somewhere and filling in some time without the purpose of being clear, right? And so often, you know, I'd ask a question, you know, in six months or a year's time mm. or whatever, what looks different? What if, what do you notice? What do you see? Yeah. Questions like that, which is about, okay, you know, we've done this program. It went awesome from your point of view. What does that look like? Yeah. You know, why would, how would you turn around in the executive meeting six months from now and be like, man, I'm really glad we invested that money. Yeah to bring in that consultant. Yeah, because I can see that, you know, Mary, John and Bill and, you know, Ahmed are all doing things a lot better than they were and their teams are more effective and they've got great awareness. And, and, you know, it's also part of it is the reality check of, yeah, if we're running a high potential program and there's 15 participants in it, not all 15 people are going to get the Kool-Aid at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and particularly in an LSI, for some people, you know, it's that awareness, acceptance, action piece that we talk about, you know. I, the LSI, if we're using that as the key tool, people get a bucket load of awareness, you know, and uh-huh. for some people it can be quite confronting and I'll just put it back in the bottom drawer because I don't want to go there now. Yeah. Uh, for other people it's like, oh, my gosh, it's the revelation and, wow, I want to, uh-huh. you know, so uh-huh. they move through it differently. So uh-huh. that's the other piece internally is a, within the organisation. You realise that people take stuff in at different speeds and at, at different times and, whilst you've got an external consultant helping with that, is the role internally is to keep that equilibrium going and give people and be available to people for the support Mm. at different phases Mm. or to reinvigorate, you know. So for someone who's got it straight away, they're great. You know, those early people that move into action. Yeah, beautiful. Fantastic. But the other ones, it might just be a bit about, well, Tom, Tom, you know, we did the feedback. I know a couple of months ago and you're quite confronted about that. How are you going with it? And you might go, oh, you know, I really thought it was mm. a crock or mm. whatever. So there's an element in terms of the role internally in the organisation is just keeping abreast of those people so that, you know, in the 80-20 rule, that if you're one of the 20 that drops out, that you're not the one that everyone talks about. You actually talk about the 80% of people who have actually stepped forward. Uh-huh. So I think that's another thing to bear in mind. And yeah, and that's it with development programs. You, yeah. you can open the door, but people have to walk through it themselves. Correct. You can't make people do anything. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. So so we've got strong alignment around why and we're yeah. clear on why. What about when it comes to actually run the program? What, what, 
What's yeah. our part in that as far as if I'm an internal Yes. Yeah, so, so I think internally it's really important that not just the participants but also their immediate supervisors understand the uh. intent and the purpose of why you're doing it you know, uh. and, what, and, what, and what the expectation is on them but also how they can support the participant because I think Often what can happen is an individual goes into the program, they're really excited, and then they come back to their boss and, you know, and I go, oh, I really want to try this. And the boss just looks at them as if they're Blankly. from, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Why would you want to do that? So, yeah. you know, because there is, there is a key part in terms of that supervisor support. Peer support is another one. But I think in that early stage is really about gathering gathering everyone together and to help the managers understand. And I know in a couple of organizations, which I worked on, we implement the program, we did a briefing session for the managers prior to the program oh, starting to oh. say, this is the content, this is what we're doing, this is the why, this is the expectation, this is the role, that this is what we expect of you. Yeah, okay, being in clear terms on the expectation. Of, oh, in terms of you've got a participant in this program we expect you to support them, oh. you know, and if you, you know, and we also – in in one program, we actually, and I was the internal person at the time, but sat around and had a meeting with the participant and the manager and organized a three, well, what's your purpose? What's your objectives? What do you hope to get out of it? What are you going to support it mm. pr prior to it? So that there was that real understanding of, from both parties. And often it was more confronting for the supervisor than it was for the participant because the participant signed up because I'm keen and enthusiastic, I want to develop myself. Uh -huh. And the supervisor's like, some of them went, oh, I'd rather do the program because I've never had this opportunity. Ah. So you know, it's like, can be, but it was often quite confronting for them. I'm like, because I'd never really thought about it. Mm. So I think that, you know, there's the frame up at the beginning. So everyone's clear. And that certainly helps yeah. from a success perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And and that closes the loop too on, you know, often in our approach, we, we bring in the manager, mm. you know, we'll do a few coaching sessions with everyone. And then the last one is often with that manager. Yeah. And and the point of that is doing a handover back to business as usual, yeah. if you like, so that the coaching and, and so on doesn't walk out with me that day when I walk out the door. Yeah. But instead, you know, the participant shares what are the insights I've had, what are the actions I'm working on, and then crucially, what's the support I need from you, my manager, yeah. or the organization going forwards. So, yeah. you know, depending on what the action is, it might be counting, keeping me accountable or helping to remove certain roadblocks or, yeah. you know, that we have this as a standing item in our one-on-one -on -one catch ups. And it's, it's really just that sustainability piece. So it's, it's not doing extra stuff. It's just part of our one-on-ones, but it's making sure it's a focus and, and we remember so, yeah, to prioritize so that, it. Yeah. So that it doesn't fall off the radar, you know, and even, you know, and if it's, and if you're doing, you know, the LSI and as part of a broader program mm. that, that in each session that there is some connection back to your LSI results, you know, so that you keep it current in terms of what are you working on or, you know, so if it is about, you know, if you're in a session about decision making, okay, well, how does this contribute to your own stuff? And, and you know, if I'm, if I'm operating from power, what's that tell me about my decision making? And I'm learning some skills about decision making, you know, so it's continually making that reconnect back to your own LSI data through the ongoing part of the program so it doesn't just become this little standalone tool. And sometimes, you know, if LSI, you know, we and we do work with organisations, consultants do, where it's just an LSI program, but it's about how do you make the connection back to your daily business? Where can you apply it so that it becomes contextualised learning rather than just, I've got to change my thinking permanently. It's about mm. where can I, how do I apply it? How do I you know, and being aware of where it shows up and what mm. those blockers and things are. Mm. Mm. What about your take on 
sometimes when I see these program schemes set up, it'll be like, sometimes, you know, it's like, uh, we've got like Fiona in our organization. We really want her. We're going to give her some feedback, <laughs> um, you know, Go and, so, hard, yeah. and so I want to give you the list of people that Fiona's mm. going to receive feedback from. What's your take yeah, on that? Well, you know, my, when someone says it to me, I go, well, how do you think that person's going to feel when you're telling them who they're going to get feedback from, you know, because mm. part of the stuff is around, you know, we're dealing with adults and should have some choice. And it also comes to, you know, what's our intent? You know, is it about, it, just, you know, it comes to, well, I want to fix Fiona because she's right. a problem. So I'll use this, which is not what our design, our no. tool is designed for. No. And it doesn't, like we talked about earlier, you can open the door, but people have to walk through. And if, if I think you're here to try and fix me, yeah. I'm probably not walking through that Yeah. Door. And if you're going to tell me that I've got to choose these 10 people to get feedback from, none of whom I have any respect or admiration for, then automatically I'm not going to listen to the feedback because I don't appreciate anything like that. So you're almost setting yourself up for failure. But I guess as a consultant, you know, and we go into organizations. So then for us, you know, for me now as an HS consultant, about having the conversation with my client to say, how well do you think that will work? And, Mm. you know, and helping them understand about what our diagnostics are about and how actually if the individual wants to ask their 10 best friends, then... But so 100%. Yeah, and because if you start forcing someone, then they're just going to go, well, that was, you know, yeah. John and he's a dork, yeah. so, you know, yeah. I'm not going to listen to that. That's right. And I, then it's then it's useless anyway. Yeah, yeah. And it's similarly, you know, you used to get, you know, from time to time in organizations and, and as part of programs and you'd set it up and you go, okay. And this was always one of my frustrations is the internal practitioner coordinating, you know, a group of 15 people to complete their LSIs in three uh-huh. weeks and get their 10 respondents and you know, and someone would be slack and they wouldn't do it and then they'd get three or four and, you know, after constant reminders and then they get the results and they go, oh, I've only got feedback from four people. <laughs> well, you know, we did yeah, encourage you. nominated three people. <laughs> yeah, that's like, right, exactly. Yeah. So so sometimes there's, you know, and so that's where internally when we used to do the briefing sessions from time to time I'd get a previous participant to come in and talk about their experience oh. so that they could provide some of that sort of stuff. But there is an element of, yeah, as the internal person, you've really got to talk about the benefits of making sure you go around and you actually touch people. So, you know, I think in setting up the projects, particularly around LSI, if you are doing a group rollout, is making sure that all the participants are actually aware of what they're getting into and what is involved in terms of actually you've got to think about your 10 people. Yeah, and there's some time pressure, but it is also useful to go and have a brief chat to them about your intent, why you do it, because sometimes even now as a consultant, we get engaged to go to the organization and organization's done the briefing. We turn up and I go, okay, you know, well, what do you know about this process? And they go, oh, well, I got a survey and that's about all I know. Yeah. And so there's two parts to that, I think. Mm. So briefing a hundred percent and, you know, it's, it's nice when, when we get to brief, but at least if someone, someone does the brief, especially around, you know, people have concerns, like yeah. what's this going to be used for? Is the boss going to see it and all that stuff. And, you know, we, People's data is their da- data, Absolutely. right? So we we give it to them. And I always tell people, like, today you're walking out with the copy of your LSI and that's the copy. So, yeah. you know, it's over to you. And it's important people know that that's not for Ooh. selection. The boss isn't going to see it. It's um, for development. You know, it's your data. You know, we're here to help support you, understand you, guide you, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. 100%. And, yeah. and that's how you start solving the, I'm just asking my 10 best friends kind of things. So so you frame it up as this is for your development. Who are you going to get the most insightful feedback from for you to develop? Yeah. 
And there's even also as part of that briefing is a bit about, you know, often, you know, it's about understanding the circumplex and what it actually measures because sometimes people come in and they go, oh, you know, oh, I did an MBTI once and I think it's about this or, you know, sometimes I'll say, oh, have you seen this? But, oh, yeah, 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 I've done this before. And then when you actually start going into the results, it becomes quite apparent that mm. they haven't done it before and sometimes as a consultant, I missed a whole opportunity to educate people because I've gone in on a bit of an assumption that they know what they're talking about when actually they don't. So you actually have to backpedal. So there is, you know, there's a couple of those sorts of things in terms of really that checking for understanding, but also explaining, okay, well, we're actually talking about behavioral components and this is what it looks like. And, you know, so that frame up is really key. Yeah. I mean, I always find that the best LSI programs for me have like workshop elements as yep, well, which, absolutely. which sets people up. So before you're in the room doing the one-on-one stuff, you're actually working through the circumplex. And and what I love is getting people to set their own benchmark. What yeah. does the effective leader look like? Yeah. What does the ineffective leader look like? The thing I love about that, because then it's not Fiona telling you what yeah. an effective leader is or Dominic telling you what an effective leader is. You know, you've told us. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's no, they can't question it then because they say, well, well, I didn't tell you, you told me. <laughs> That's right. You know, and mm. invariably it's constructive and we, and we know it's going to be that, but there's something powerful about getting people to, to do that for themselves. But then also talking through, you know, there's no good, bad, right or wrong to the circumplex. People do what they do for a reason and yeah. they think why they think for a reason. It works for them on some level. And it's worked for them in the past. And the, the only question is, does it continue to work for you or is there a better way which maybe doesn't have some of the, the costs and the downsides? That's right. Um, you can get stuff done from green, you can get stuff done for red, but it can come with a bit of a cost either to self or others. Yeah. And so it's really just framing that up and, you know. Yeah, and getting people to understand. So, you know, when you think your initial question, you know, Dom, about, you know, how do you get the most out of the development program? You know, yeah. if I'm internal, I've got to make sure all those solid foundations are there. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, and it helps, you know, certainly in, in my previous roles. You know, I was I was an accredited practitioner, so I had it. You know, uh-huh. and some sometimes people aren't. So the role of the consultant then is how do you help the internal person who may not be accredited actually understand and appreciate the tool so that, you know, they get it so that they can provide uh-huh. the ongoing support, you know. So yeah, and you know, for me I was blessed and I was in a fortunate state where my curiosity was peaked and I wanted to get the accreditation. Right. So and I had an organization that supported me to do that which then enabled me internally to provide ongoing support. But then there's also a double-edged sword in that, in that I'm working with these people. And so there's some confidentiality issues Uh or internal politicking that you've got to be mindful of. You know, I'd really love to tell you, Dom, exactly what's going on and how that's working. Uh But if I give you that feedback, that may be a little career limiting for me. Right, particularly (laughs) if you're doing the CEO. Yeah, 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 those sorts of things. You know, so sometimes... You know, sometimes the benefit of the external consultant uh-huh. giving the tougher message, but then they may not have the same relationship. So, yeah, there's a bit of works both ways. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so so say we've, we've come in, we've done the pre-briefing, so we've been clear on yep. why we're doing the stuff. We've set it up well with pre-briefings yep. and explaining why and bringing, involving the manager as well as the participant. And then maybe the consultant might have done a handover back to the manager yep. for ongoing development. What now? How yeah. how do we keep it alive? Yeah. You know, you've walked out. The consultants walked out the door. Thanks. Take my money. Ta- See ya. Take my money. Come back <laughs> in two years when you need a retest. Yeah. Um, so you know, how, but that's the reality. You can't yeah. have a consultant living in your organization forever. Yep. But how do you then keep it alive? Keep it going? Yeah. So as the the internal person, that's why you know if you've got that 
close relationship with the consultant, you've built that, so you'll get some sense. But there's a bit about if it's part of a, a core group, how do you build some relationships, you know, learning buddies or partners or mm. peer group mm. support mm. in terms of that? Or it could be that there's some, you know, facilitated conversations every six months. You might have a bit of a lunch and learn or a bit of a check-in and go, okay, how are you going with that? You know, six months ago, you walked out, you said you wanted to do this, you know, so you reconvene the group mm. for, you know, and it might be a refresher session, something like that, which you can coordinate internally to get some shared understanding. Because if we think about our own learning, it's nice when we get, we go, oh, well, I tried this and it didn't work and someone else can come along. Oh, yeah, but I found this really helpful. So, yeah, okay. so leveraging the other people, because everyone will have gone through a similar process in terms mm. of the tool and the diagnostic. So bringing those people together. And it's not compulsory, and the ones that are most keen will always come together. So that's one option. The other bit is, you know, just at the individual level is a bit of a check-in every now and then. You know, if you're in the organisation and you're, you know, walking around and you see them, and I used to do this, you know, go, oh, you know, how are you going with that green stuff or whatever? Uh-huh. And people, you know, give me the evil eye and go, how do you remember that? And I, you know, but it's just, you know, in the by knowing that I'm actually keeping an eye on you, you sort of can't run away necessarily, mm. but, it, you know, and I'm here to support you. So, or how are you going with focusing on giving more feedback or how are you going on acknowledging yourself from a self-actualizing perspective and just, you know, checking, I would check in with the people at an individual mm. level and the, not that it became, not, you know, I didn't set it in my calendar every day that I must go and see that, but when I would come across them, I would ask them a question right. as part of, you know, so my ongoing, well, so I'm chatting to them about, coming to have a meeting with them about the water supply. And at the end of that, I'd then come and say, well, so you know, how are you going with your LSI stuff? Those sorts of things. So yeah. building in it as part of my day-to-day. not So, my- so it's just the, the conversations yeah. yep. down the hallway or whatever. Yeah. And I think, you know, you said people give you an evil eye, but I think actually people, you know, if you take an interest in someone, yeah. you know, obviously you're, you're interested in, in care. I think actually people are, sometimes they're surprised. They're like, yeah. oh, that was... um. Nice of you to yeah. <laughs> reach out and, and or, remember. So, Or it serves as a prompt to go, oh, yeah, that's right. I haven't really been doing it. Yeah. And which is, you know, it's almost like it's with any habit. Like I try to, you know, with clients, you, you set up the actions, you do it with the manager, you know, we maybe write them up and stuff. And then I, I like to follow up a few weeks later mm. to like, how are you getting on with that? Because starting is the the hardest step. Yeah. So getting it going. And then it's probably that check-in. Mm. You know, and this is why we try to build it back into business as usual. So at the monthly meeting or the, or the six month, the quarterly catch up or whatever yeah. it is, you know, we said we were going to do this. Where are we at? And maybe in reality, it's like, wow, we kind of benched that. We didn't really do anything with it. It's like, yeah. okay, well, now do we want to try again? Yeah. Do we want to have another go? Because, you know, reality is you, you don't always nail everything the first, first go around, no. but it's about... You know, giving it, if you remind yourself, it's about giving giving it another yeah. crack. Yeah. And sometimes you go, you know, people would say, oh, I tried that and oh, nobody noticed or it didn't work. Okay. So then there might be an on-the-spot coaching moment uh-huh. that I could provide with that individual to go, well, okay, what else could you have done? Or, you know, because sometimes, because if we're asking people to change behavior, you know, I tried it once and nobody noticed and, well, you've got to keep give it several goes so that you know so that's the other piece that role of that internal person can make is a bit of that internal coach Mm. coaching in the moment to help embed it and keep it going you know and I and 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 also the other stuff would be that sometimes I might check in with the person supervisor and when Uh I'd see them and go so hey you know Dom went on the program at the time he got some have you noticed him doing anything different oh well he doesn't have you told him 
So Yeah, feedback. Yeah, yeah. you know, because from the supervisor, that comes a long way, you know, because we often, you know, it's not, not innate for most of us to actually to do that or to share, you know, or I might, as the supervisor, go, oh, gee, Dom's really stepped up. You know, have you noticed that, Dave? He's uh-huh. really stepped But I don't actually tell you. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell everyone else, but I don't actually tell you that you're doing a great job. Yeah. I had that the other day where people are like, oh, what's, what's happened with this particular person who's being coached? Like, wow, they're um, doing all this stuff. But they're a little down because they didn't, you know, no one's noticing. Kind of so let me share some feedback that yeah. I've received with you. That is, people are noticing, and yeah. then they think you're doing a cracking job. So, mm, mm. yeah, give people feedback, especially if you know you got a high potential program, for instance, um, or whatever, mm. or an executive program it could be. But whatever, you all know each other on a journey, and, and that's actually another thing mm. you can do. Sometimes we bring people together for another workshop who have been in the program and and share their actions and insights amongst the team. And so, if you know, like as an executive team, if you know what each other are trying to work on. So Fiona, I know you're trying to work on, you know, coaching people more yeah. or something. Then when I see it or don't see it, <laughs> yeah. Giving that feedback to people, saying, Hey, I and remember you're working on your coaching and and the way you took time with, you know, Ahmed just then was mm. was fantastic. So, mm. you know, noticing that and giving people feedbacks. Yeah. We need that. Absolutely. And you know, and you know, <laughs> Most people you know, we often ask, you know, when was the last time I received positive feedback? I can't remember. I can tell you the last time I got some bad stuff. So, uh-huh. you know, so there is that reinforcement and that helps, you know, as we know, is the constructive stuff is about telling people what they're doing well and those sorts of things. So, yeah, so internally to help keep that momentum, there is a bit that you can, you know, the role that you can play and just supporting, which doesn't have to be necessarily onerous, is about taking the opportunity when you're chatting with those people. And sometimes it can be, you know, you go, oh, God, you know. It hard and frustrating, or I've got all these other things, and it, but it, it, but it is important. Mm. And is there because we talked about the ROI? Yeah, at the start. Yeah. So how do you close the loop on yeah. that? Yeah, well, that's that's often often the more challenging piece, and it, it can be. You know, there's some stuff that you can go, okay, well, as a result of the you know the 15 people, you've, you know, if it was a high potential program, and with 15 people that started it 12 months ago, eight of them have now either changed roles or in a more senior position. So, you know, some statistical stuff around in terms of just that progression piece. Or it could be that you actually get some of that anecdotal conversation Uh and go, okay, so Dom, at the beginning of the program, one of the things that you said you wanted to do was to... I was highly oppositional. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to be more supportive of my team. Uh How are you going with that? And they can tell you the story about that. So how much time do you reckon that saved you? Oh, well, now I, you know, all my team meetings, classic, my team meetings were hopeless and we never got any decisions made and all that sort of stuff. So change my structure. Our team meetings are much more effective. So in the hour, we get 10 decisions made when we never used to do that. Well, what's that worth in terms of, you know, and you can estimate a time from a behavioral perspective and then put a cost to that. You know, so, well, now that I've actually built a better relationship with my team, I don't have to spend half an hour a day explaining to them. I can just give them the five minutes Mm. and they go on and do stuff. So. Okay, so if you go, that's five, you know, 30 minutes used to cost me this much. Now it only costs me five. That enables me to go and do something else. So it's not, they're not easy bows to draw, but you can get the anecdotal story that might do that. But Mm. it's also, if it is a hypo, well, how many people have shifted jobs? How many people have, you know, got promotions? How many, you know, and it might be that they actually are rotated around the business, still at the same level, but they're getting broader exposure. So, you know, so I think in terms of that program set up at the beginning is what are some of the outcomes that you'd like to see? And if it is a high program, okay, well, we want people to be able to move roles. We want them to broaden their experience 
So, and I, and I think, you know, it's an ongoing challenge, HROD practitioners, because we're dealing behaviourally and it's harder to measure, but there are some tangible things or you go, well, as a result of this, and if I'm working in that blue collar workforce and I've got a massive challenge around my safety stats or something, or that, you know, safety incidents aren't being reported. And I can see that through the change in my leadership and being more approachable and having more discussions that Uh we're now getting greater reporting, Uh you can draw the line and you can, you know, go, oh, cause and effect. She's spending more time talking about safety. People are more confident. So they're speaking up about their safety incidences, whereas Uh before we just buried under the the ground. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes people complain like, you know, with safety, oh, but there's lots of reasons for that. And and that's true, right? Like nothing in the real world outside of a scientific experiment, which is like Mm. controlled, Mm. has one factor Mm. that we're testing for or whatever, right? Because market changes and blah, 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 Mm. all that stuff. But you got to make an educated guess yeah. and an educated assumption about you know what effect it's had, yeah. even if it's not one hundred percent of the effect. Yeah, you know, and I the other way used to, you know, I used to sort of comment on people go, oh, it takes so long to recruit people. Okay, mm. which bit takes so long? You're in as the manager, so once the jobs advertised and the positions are closed, whose responsibility is it to recruit? Well, that'd be mine. So how long is it before you set up the meeting to contact your your people? Oh, I wait till I get the thing, and you know, and it takes three weeks. Well, that's why it takes a long time because you <laughs> right. actually haven't stepped into it. So you know, so that could be, you know, is in terms of a measurement that is a result of some additional training around recruitment practice and people being aware that actually, if they just, you know, get themselves planned a bit better, they're more effective in terms of well, I need someone. Mm. So I know that the applications close on Monday, mm. so I'll ask for them on Wednesday, but I'll have in my calendar already. The interview scheduled time blocked out in my calendar for the oh, following Monday to do oh, those interviews, which oh. is, you know, about what's the outcome. So it's your achievement thinking and your planning rather than, oh, it all turns up and, oh, I haven't got any time in my diary for another month because I just haven't thought through it all. Mm. So some of those sorts of measures behaviorally, you can go, oh, okay, yeah, our recruitment processes have streamlined because of this. Yeah. And then ultimately, I guess, you know, th- those are the milestones along the way. And then mm. now I'll, I'll model the, LSI, but all of our tools, actually, the mm. culture groups are all based on a test-retest Absolutely. model. Yeah. So we test today and, you know, this is what's different with personality tests and stuff that, you know, you kind of are who you are. You're mm. an introvert, you're mm. an extrovert, your details, your big picture, whatever. Mm. And that's kind of what it is. And we learn how to work with each other. But actually in the space we're playing in around thinking and behavior, you can grow, learn, develop. Yeah. You can change. And so far from wanting to see the exact same profile next time, we want to put some stuff into place which is going to take you up to that constructive space. So we want to see movement in a a year's time, 18 months' time, two years' time, whatever it is, that if when you come to retest, that you've you've made movement. I want to decrease my oppositional and I I have and I've built this coaching stuff instead. Yeah, and that's a great, you know, it's the classic ROI stuff. And, you know, in programs that, that I've run, we've done the retest. We haven't made it compulsory, you know, so for the people, because of the, you know, 80% of the people might have done the work. So of those people, do you want to stick your hand up for a retest, you mm. know? And they did. And some people went, you know, the sigh of relief and satisfaction or the big high five at the fact that, oh, wow, my constructive has improved and my defensive have decreased or, wow, the my, you know, shift mightn't have been so much, but the others aren't experiencing me the same way, that sort of stuff was great. And then I remember one fellow and he went, oh, it hasn't actually changed that much. And I uh. said, well, how much work did you do? 
goes, oh, probably not that much. <laughs> uh, and he went, yeah, so I really do have to, you know, so it just refocused him. It doesn't, it doesn't change on its own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. It just doesn't, you know, it's yeah. not uh, It's not waving the fairy dust. You've actually got to put the work You've in. You've got to do something but about it. But it does. But certainly, and then that gave me organisationally data to go back to the executive team and go, well, this was the group data, mm. you know, in 2017 and this is the group data in 2019. Same people, look at that shift. Mm. Ah, so you do have that, yeah, which mm. can be very powerful. Yeah, so it's it's talking about data right and yep. i mean that's that's where the world's going so yeah, we've got the profile of the 16 people who went through the thing all combined together and so yep. you know it used to be predominantly aggressive or something yep. and now it's shifted to wherever it shifted yep. to you know shows shows okay well it had an impact right cause effect correct difference so that, that's mm. another one too and then you know and then that can be supported then by the you know the anecdotal, the anecdotal and, stuff yep. and they'll go yeah yeah they are a much more supportive group or much more cooperative so yeah yeah, which can, which can then give paid to the anecdotal comments that you've got uh, yeah, from exactly. people in terms of, well, I think I'm doing this, and then it shows up in the data. Yeah, cool. Mm. All right, is there any other tips? I think that's probably that's probably the big ones. You know, once again, it's just being really clear on your purpose. Uh-huh. You know, and also I guess the other one is being prepared to shift along the way if it's not uh-huh. going where you thought it would go or working early or even if the consultant's not giving you what you want is about having the conversation. Yeah. As well. Yeah. You know, because you might start with the best intent and then something goes a bit sideways and you've got to call it. Mm. Yeah. So, so being clear, going to the heart of the matter. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Achievement, I think. Something so. Falls under. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope that helps. I mean, um, you know, I think it's all about seeing change and, and making a difference. Absolutely. That's why, you know, we're on this side and why HR people do what they do. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we want to make a difference and, help people be their best at work so you know the more we can support people to do that the better right and there's no one way either Mm. is the other piece Mm. you know just because you know and everyone's got an idea give it a shot if it doesn't work then realign it and you know review absolutely all that sort of stuff yep love it I'm sure there's a model I'm (laughs) sure there is I'm sure there is (laughs) cool thanks Tom thank you thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites if you enjoy the show Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia, all rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au.